We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Bearcast, a podcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, we're going through our opponent series previews, uh, whatever you may call it. And as you've probably seen with the title, we're going over the Washington Huskies. And today joining me is from the UW Dog Pound is Gabby. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I feel um, I I feel obliged to uh, correct you, even though that's like yes. super annoying that it, it's actually pronounced yes. Gabby. Gaby. Okay. Now that's everyone's first impression of me. <laughs> Don't worry. I, do I, that I, won't, lot. I won't hate if you call me that because I know it's easy. I don't I, name. I apo- yeah. yeah. I apologize for the first round, but um, we will not ever get you. that wrong yeah. ever again. Ever again. It's, um, it's reasonable. I've had people who know me for years slip it sometimes. <laughs> well, I appreciate your understanding. Um, it's all it's good. Uh, so we're here we're going to talk about the Washington Huskies which for some reason there's a lot of ties with the Cal program with the Huskies as Mm -hmm. well our starting quarterback Chase Garbers' younger brother is at UW vying for a starting quarterback position Um, our defensive coordinator's nephew is also vying for the Mm -hmm. starting quarterback position Um, and of course our tight end is uh, tight end coach is Tuyasa Sopo who is a really, really legendary quarterback up there at UW. So, yeah, yeah and, and Wilcox, really was, you exactly. know, Wilcox coached with us for a while. And, yep. And I remember even back to the Garbers connection, like before Jake Hayner, Fresno, esteemed Fresno quarterback Jake Hayner committed yes. to UW. We all thought, like, oh, Garbers is going to be our one for 2017. But 
he's been fun to watch down there with you guys. So, yeah. So yeah, a lot, a lot of ties, uh, but we're going to talk about the Husky side of things today. Um, so let's get started with the, with the real broad stuff, which is the coaching stuff. You guys had, you know, some coaching changes mm-hmm. this <clears throat> off season um, with coach Pete moving on. Then you, he leaves behind Jimmy Lake who gets bumped up into the head coaching spot. And then he comes on and replaces, I think, the entire offensive side of the ball, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not all of it. Um, he replaced – so Scott Huff, who's our offensive line coach, mm-hmm. Keith Banafa, and Junior Adams, our receiver coach, are still there. Um, he replaced Bush Hamden, who's now, uh, I think, quarterback coach at Missouri, um, with John Donovan, the new OC, who I assume we're going to be talking about. And, yes. Um, and tight ends coach was uh, Jordan Pow Pow, who is I think now he's at UNLV. Um, so they uh, now our tight ends coach is Durham Cato. But those are those are the main offensive changes, unless I'm spacing out and forgetting one. But those are the other three: the OL running backs and receivers coaches are all the same. Got it. Um, so let's talk about your new OC. Uh, what are you expecting from him? Are you expecting some big changes from a schematic standpoint going into this season? Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, um, this was really a funky. It, it kind of after the whole hiring process of where there was multiple times where the internet rumors or whatever you want to call it were thinking like oh or or even like sources of varying credibility from you know who claimed to have sources within the program were saying like oh yeah this is all done deal so there's i think that various times like Rhett Lashley who's now with Miami I think I think he was SMU like he was theoretically they were hunting for him and then they were hunting for a few other guys who I've since flung, flung far from my brain um but people who you're like relatively can get kind of excited about um and then um they hired John Donovan after, oh, and then like Kellen Moore, uh, you know, yes. was like the big one at Dallas and reportedly it came down to Dallas just offering him, uh, can I swear on this, a shitload of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, college teams yeah. mostly can't afford, yep. Yeah, that's a scientific unit. Um, but, and yeah, with him being like a Chris Peterson legend, you know, legend. Um, and then that didn't happen. So then that hire of John Donovan after many weeks of, doing a very diligent job it looked like um was kind of a deflating hire uh and so but that being said when you when we like for example we've talked to ty jones uh the receiver at uw and and there have been genuinely players who have or or significant implications that the main one of the main issues with Peterson's system has been not fixed, but has been upgraded theoretically. Um, primarily that being that it was, could be, it was said to have been quite complicated. Um, and when you see how, for example, receivers had uh, difficulty, even no matter what their talent level was coming out of high school, playing right away or making the correct, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so there became this thought that maybe the, system is preventing the talent that now UW is getting that they didn't have in the past from being able to play and contribute right away. Um, and so that the John, John Donovan coming in, I don't think it's going to be that significantly different of a system. It's still supposed to be pretty versatile, pretty balanced. You've, I hate using the term like multiple 
because <laughs> it's such a it's such a cliche, and there's no way to interpret that really. Um, uh, you know, pro style, multiple, whatever, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the reports coming out of camp, which have been super tightly leaked, yeah. um, have um seem to corroborate that you know we have in the past you wouldn't hear that much about freshman receivers or you would hear about like they're making flash they're flashing but they aren't you know that Mm -hmm. making huge impacts and then during the season you would see that yeah they're not gonna play that much except for last year with puka nakua who came on as a true freshman um before breaking his leg or something it was i don't know it doesn't matter um but yeah, so you're hearing a lot more about, for example, Romo Denze, who's a true freshman uh, from Bush- Bishop Gorman, uh, and Jalen McMillan, who is from Fresno, uh, and also, you know, very highly rated receivers. Um, so I think it's not going to be too different, um, just simplified. Whether that is something we see on the field, or if it's just verbiage or less motions pre-snap, you know, who knows. Um, but everything that's been said has been seem to imply that it's not going to be, you know, we're not, we're not Mike Leach now <laughs> or Nick Rolovich for that matter. We're not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's very interesting. Uh, I mean, I've been talking to all of the other Pac-12 schools, Pac-12 North schools, and it seems all of us are replacing offensive coordinators. So like, and that plus at least the, the, the big four ones are, and we're mm-hmm. mostly replacing quarterbacks too. And then on top of that, none of us can go to practice or watch any of this. Yeah. So we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, um, so it's so it's pretty interesting uh, just to hear everyone's take on that. Uh, but let's dive into the the offense a little bit. Let, I guess the big question, of course, is at quarterback, right? You have mm. Jimmy Lake coming out earlier this week saying that you might see three quarterbacks play against Cal. Um, most fans are like, that's that sounds fun. <laughs> but at the same time, if you've watched enough college football, you know, if you don't have one good quarterback, you usually don't have three. Yeah. Um, so uh, like, what do you, what are you thinking uh, from the quarterback spot? Yeah, that's uh, another, well, I'm trying to convince the world that um, I have a, a revolutionary seven quarterback system. Um, awesome. It's hasn't caught on, but you know, we're trying uh, but that's another thing that has been uh, just so many different little mini like micro leaks almost yeah. coming out where someone who ha- who claims to have sources is like, yeah, Thompson is Tom- Thompson's it's down someone yesterday or today or whatever said like it's down between Thompson and Morris. And then someone else was like, no, I heard it's Sermon or whatever. <laughs> and like the, the only thing we know pretty much for sure is that Garber's junior probably isn't going to or not probably almost certainly isn't going to be the one um, which if he, I almost wish this was happening a year from now because his skill set I find really, really intriguing compared to all of them. Um, uh, although they all, all for what it's worth, all four of those guys have, are very different. Um, I think Oakham's razor would suggest that it's probably with a very lower case P probably, Thompson, who's the grad transfer from Sacramento mm-hmm. State, um, who's a Washington native from Auburn. Um, based on like the Twitter clips that they show, it's probably <laughs> 40, 50 percent Thompson and then or 40 percent Thompson. And then the rest are split mostly between Morris and Sermon. Um, it really me, me and the other UW DP writers today were 
coming up with this theory that, and by all of us, I mean, mostly me and the other guys were like, you need to shut up. This is stupid. (laughs) Um, That, uh, that Jimmy like is just a, he's trolling all of us at this point, which is um, corroborated by his, he posted a tweet yesterday about their final score scrimmage that it was 59 to 52. And then a half hour later came out and was like, just kidding. It was a 24 to 20 or something. Um, so I, I'm convinced that he's just effing with us and it's going to be, I don't know. I really wish I could say, I think it'll probably be Thompson. He has the, you know, he has, he's the only one with a lot of experience and his, he's the most mobile of the three. Um, and with us breaking in three new offensive linemen, even if it's a high talent level and a decently high level of experience on the offensive line, even though there's three new starters, um, you know, that mobility always comes in handy. Uh, Morris is kind of like a slightly stronger arm, Jake Browning, um, as far as physical skill set and uh, mental acuity and accuracy, which is what, you know, Browning was supposed to, was was renowned for. And then Sermon is kind of like just that prototypical pro-style, huge quarterback who can throw it 500 yards on one throw off of his back foot running to the left. But um, it's a matter of, you know, whether or not he can do all the other things. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I would go with probably Thompson, but in the end, it's just, my answer is just a giant shrug emoji. So. Well, okay. We're going to have to take your yeah. word as it is. I wish I, mean, I, uh... I wish I could be more helpful. <laughs> all you dub fans wish that we could have, give you a better answer. Yeah. I mean, don't worry about it. I mean, we had that issue when we played uh, for for the avid college football fan remembers when we played Northwestern a few years ago and Pat Fitzgerald got upset at us because apparently the bloggers did a good job of keeping quiet that we were going to play a two quarterback system <laughs> and we didn't leak it. That's so really um, he blamed he blamed CGB at that basically he was blaming <laughs> CGB. So That's you know good. I love that so much. Was that Ross Bowers and Chase Garbers? That was uh, no, that was Jared Goff and Luke Rubenzer. Oh right, right, right. Okay, so that was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, there's a few like that was like a, a, gen, was a gen, like, generation ago, yeah. I guess, uh, quote unquote. So back to the Bear Raids. Yeah, back to Sunny Dykes. Whew, okay, uh, don't want to talk about those uh, <laughs> lasting nightmares, but yeah. we'll move on to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess we'll <clears throat> talk about the tailbacks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You guys had uh, Salvin Amat, who was thousand yard rusher, eleven mm-hmm. touchdowns rushing um i'm looking at the roster he's no longer on the roster mm-hmm. no he's um, in, uh, in miami dolphins okay yeah so he's in the nfl of course yeah. <laughs> um uh that's a big that's a big gap there uh but assuming you guys of course have the talent who do you think is going to fill in that role do you expect them to lean on the running back a lot more because it's a new quarterback coming in as well yeah uh so the 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 thing with our running backs is that my I think Miles Gaskin was so the mm-hmm. guy for three and a half years there that um, people you know you just get used to that and then you realize that once he goes you're like oh right that's not how most running backs yeah. teams work especially not in college well eh. but um, depends on the school but yeah on the, yeah but um yeah maybe Wisconsin but uh, yeah. <laughs> So, but last year, I mean, Sivan Ahmed was obviously, he was ostensibly the number one, but they ran it a lot by committee. And so much of it was that there was, they all had different different skill sets. The three that they kind of rotated between last year, 
um, where Ahmed was, he was a more electric athlete than Miles Gaskin even, I mean, easily um, with the ball in space and everything. Uh, like he had that 97 yard run or touchdown run against USC last year that where you really see it in action. And it's, mm-hmm. he kind of had that holy shit factor. Um, and then the other two who are returning is Richard Newton, who's a huge, he you know, was a redshirt freshman last year. And you see when he runs that he's not the kind of guy who anyone with any brain would want to try to tackle. Um, he, and he also, for what it's worth, uh, Gaskin, I just like everyone, uh, I hate the wildcat. I assume you hate the wildcat. Everybody hates the wildcat. And then Miles Gaskin came along and was actually really, really good at operating the wildcat. And then occasionally we would see, like when he was out the year before against Oregon, we saw them do the UW do the wildcat or attempt the wildcat with I think Sean McGrew or maybe it was Kamari Pleasant, um, and it was terrible. And so once Gaskin left, we were like, all right, no more wildcat. It turns out Richard Newton is actually quite good at wildcat too. Um, a lot of that being that he can fall forward like Miles Gaskin can. He's gonna break you, and he also kind of has that that patience. That mm-hmm. Ahmed didn't necessarily, he had to, it wasn't natural to Ahmed. Um, not that he didn't get better at that uh, as he was here. Um, but yeah, so I think Newton ostensibly this year, you could say is number one until proven otherwise. But really it is a trio of him being that big kind of bruiser. Uh, Sean McGrew, who is a senior uh, scat back, he is, generously listed at I think five seven on the roster I've walked <laughs> right next to him a couple times and he is I'm like five seven point eight or whatever he is not point eight inches shorter than me <laughs> he, he is not a big dude um but he he he's gotten much better at utilizing that low center of gravity over the years <laughs> um so he still he he can definitely get yards after contact much better than you'd expect from someone that size and he's also really fast um and then the wild card who is also i would argue by far the most complete back is cam davis who is he's from southern california somewhere um he's he's not as much of a just huge kind of brute uh as richard newton uh as far as just being able to totally run through guys and make them hate their life but he he can he can definitely you watch his high school film and you see what we the few snaps he got last year. And he definitely can, his yards after contact are very much, that's very much a thing that he brings to the table. And I think he's also just a faster, faster back than Newton. Um, so I think I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of the year he became the number one ish. Uh, but I think you're going to see a pretty healthy rotation between those three. And then there's two true freshmen who are interesting, but I don't I think we're going to see that much of them. Yeah, I mean the Sam Adams, Sam Adams mm-hmm. second, I and, think is the is the one name. Yeah, yeah, and, and JV on Sunday, who even though Adams is local and Sunday's from Texas, I think Sunday I'm I'm excited to watch him in the next few years. But I mean that's a loaded room uh, that has a lot of talent moving forward too. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to the basically the passing game. Let's talk about the tight mm-hmm. ends and the wide receivers. <laughs> the wide wide receivers, of course. Um, some very big names there, some talented guys there. Uh, you guys, but have also lost a few. Same with the tight end room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hunter Bryant was you know the the big name there um, at tight end. And so yeah, so you you guys have some you know talent and 
five star talent at that. Uh, talk about let's talk about the wide receivers first, and then we'll move on to the tight ends. So, uh, yeah, what are you expecting from that group? Uh, I guess Puka is probably the the big name out of that group, um, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think obviously, as you mentioned, we lost Aaron Fuller and Andre Bocelli uh, and Quentin Pounds, but the a as the year went on, Bynum and Puka until he broke his mm-hmm. was it his ankle? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Something, something, something to keep in him his lower leg. Yes. Um, clearly, and Spiker to an extent, even though he didn't see that many spi- uh, snaps, mm-hmm. um, we're still like clearly better than them. And you kind of started to see that in the snap count and in how much they were targeted, especially in Bynum's case uh, over the as the season evolved last year. Um, so I, th- I think those three guys are kind of the last relics of Brent Pease, who was our old uh, receivers coach before Bush Hamden uh, and then before Junior Adams uh, and Matt Lubick, <coughs> who sucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Lubick was terrible. Um, but you, so you, the thing with Pease is that he just couldn't recruit or didn't want to recruit. I don't know. So you, there was a significant talent upgrade from 2014, 15, 16 to 2017 classes, which is where Bynum and Ty Jones, who's another presumable starter, um, who's out for most of the last year being injured. Mm-hmm. Um, is So you, those three guys leave. For one, Pounds didn't really – he wasn't a consistent contributor contributor, contributor anyway. Um, but the that doesn't make that much of an impact. And looking at the receivers this year, it's clearly a much better room. Um, they're in a much better position to actually make plays. Um Fuller, Fuller, I always have had ambivalent feelings about because I felt like he was kind of put in a, a very tough position to succeed. I, I felt like he could have been a very reliable uh, kind of third option as far as just a, a possession receiver. But putting him the last couple of years in a scenario where he had to be the number one guy just because we didn't have anyone else. And this mm-hmm. goes back to Pete's system theoretically being too complicated to get guys who at the time were true freshmen like Marcus Spiker or Austin Osborne. Mm-hmm. but were very talented on the field, um, which kind of forced Fuller to play a game that he wasn't equipped to play. Um, he, you know, wasn't necessarily the best at making contested catches nor at getting super great separation. And because he was our de facto number one, you, you know, you, if people have to focus on you and those aren't necessarily your skill sets, you're not really in a put in a great position to succeed. Mm-hmm. So, and then Bocelli was fast, but not re- neither for one, neither of those guys were going to break tackles or get many yards after catch period, like at all. Um, that's not really going to be a problem this year. Um, when you look at yep. these guys' skill sets um, just there. And also for what it's worth, you know, heart is great, but at a certain point, having a height limit of 5'11 versus having a room of guys who are six feet to 6'3. Like, I'm not going to pretend that doesn't make a difference. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the, the, the um, receiver room this year is just much bigger, much more talented, much stronger. Um, so that's a, a room that I'm really excited to watch. I think there's been some rumors about Puka being hurt uh, in, in camp. Um, whether or not the, the severity of that has been debated on the internet, capital T, capital I, 
Um, but I, I don't think it's anything to be super worried about. Um, you know, maybe I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be really shocked if they limit his snaps against Cal or whatever, if maybe he doesn't play, I'm not sure. Um, but I think what you're looking at right now is Terrell Bynum being kind of the possession guy. Um, he was, he was, ended up being more and more reliable as the season went on last year. And I think that's, you know, the trajectory will continue. Um, and then Ty Jones is a huge catch radius. He's six, four, he's really lanky. Um, he was out most of last year with an injury, but he played as a true freshman, which is really rare for receivers in, you know, in the past. Um, and then for most of his sophomore year until I think that was when he got injured. Um, but he's been, he's been someone who's worth watching. Um, and then the presumable third, if he's healthy, is Puka, who is, you know, he's super exciting to watch. He's not necessarily yeah. the fastest guy, but he's a really good route runner and really strong um, and is going to run through people and around people and find soft spots in the zones. Um, if there's a true freshman to watch also, it would be definitely Roma Dunze, who is mm-hmm. kind of in the, built similar to Puka and has a similar skill set, but is also faster. Um and then there's also, you know, very much more talented two deeps there than we've had in the past bajillion years um, with Austin Osborne and Marcus Spiker, who Spiker's also, it's been said, is injured right now. Um, and then Jalen McMillan, the true freshman, and right. uh, who's, who's an All-American. I think he's like a .97 on, on 24-7. He still has to put on weight, I think, to be a consistent contributor. Um, I don't, I, those rating systems are really great on a macro level, and they are helpful on a micro level, but... They don't, you know, when you look at them without context, they don't tell you everything. So he's, he is really good. He's going to be really, really good over his career. Um, but I think Romo Dunze, even though he was slightly less highly rated, is more his skill set and his physical ability right now is more in a position to contribute a lot more often versus McMillan. But I think you're still going to see McMillan on the field. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at your roster. Rooms listed at six three two zero five compared to compared to McMillan six one one eighty five. Like that's six three two zero five. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's a like to and and he ran like a his his three cone and his I think I think he his forty yard was like four five, which isn't burner, but when you're it's you're like, that big, it's pretty average, yeah. a little bit faster than average for a receiver, but when you're that big, um, that's yeah, I think that's about average for a receiver, but at six three, you know. Oof. And then his his um the real real big thing though is his agility is kind of off the charts. It's it's exciting, and he's just yeah. strong. And, yeah, I mean the amount of Calvin Johnsons or Julio Joneses that's mm-hmm. going to be walking through doors is very limited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as I'd love to get DK Metcalf on the Huskies, <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll talk. Let's talk about the tight ends a little yeah. bit. Um, it's a big part of I think a lot of you know, the, the multiple mm-hmm. offenses. Um, let's talk about that group. Uh, tell, tell me uh, who you're looking out for, who you think is going to make a, a bigger impact this upcoming season. Yeah. Um, definitely the unquestionable leader of that group is Kate Otten. Um, he, him and Hunter Bryant were a really fun duo last year in that they just have totally different skill sets. Obviously Hunter's an electric athlete and yep. Kate Otten is not, I mean, no, no one is Hunter, Hunter Bryant, but also it's no one's asking him to be. He's much more of a kind of NFL prototype tight end. He's what I want to say like six five to 
50-ish, but mm-hmm. he is a really good blocker. He's a really reliable uh, you know, outlet valve and, and pass catcher, even though he's not going to do anything that Hunter Bryant is <laughs> ever going to do. Um, but he's, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think he's probably going to leave. I'm, I would be pretty surprised if he didn't leave early after this year um, and get drafted with a pretty decent position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then behind him, normally we would have had Jacob Kaiser, who isn't really that much of a, that big of a deal in the um, passing game, but he's just a, a really reliable blocker, both in the run and, and pass. Uh, but what's interesting then is that there's a decent amount behind, or it's not super crazy depth, but you still have people who have been around for it. Oh, let's wait for that. <laughs> can, you cut, can you cut this out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wish I remembered where in that sentence I was. <laughs> I'll start the sentence over about. You're just talking about the youth and the depth yeah. behind them, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I, while we're at it, I need to. I just spaced out. I forgot. Okay, the phone's been ringing. One moment. <laughs> um yeah so behind um Kate Otten you have a combination of people you have Devin Culp who's going to be a redshirt sophomore uh and Jack Westover who will also be a redshirt sophomore um who was a walk-on who was just given a scholarship and um uh Westover is kind of a, turned into a pretty versatile he lines up at h back a lot um but towards the end of the year kind of it kind of reminded me of i don't know how much you watched like the seahawks or whatever but it kind of reminded me of that where they kept getting tight ends injured and they just pull one out of their ass and then by the end of the year like they had jacob hollister who no one at the beginning of the year was like oh yeah jacob hollister what a star and that kind of was jack westover except for we didn't have the injuries that forced him to be you just they pulled him out and were like who's this? okay i guess he's Oh, I guess he's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's a, a good good blocker and and you know not a freak athlete or anything. Um, but he, I think he, he caught a touchdown at least last year and had some receptions. Um, the and then Devin Culp, who took a little bit I think to get acclimated because he ran I think a wing tee in high school in over in Spokane. Um, so you know, there's a lot of work from going from that to become a more complete tight end in college um but he's shown up it sounds like pretty decently in in practice this year i wouldn't be surprised especially now with bryant gone and kaiser out um to see him a lot more and then the other guy who's probably going to come into the into play is mark redman who is from is uh, chase garber's little brother's high school teammate uh true freshman um who's he's really exciting he is kind of built like he's he's like a bigger version of Kate Otten at the same point in their careers um, and also more athletic <laughs> and just really exciting. So when you see, yeah, when you see what UW's done with tight ends, like Will Disley and Drew Sample, who are all in the NFL and Kate Otten, who will be soon. And, uh, and then you see Mark Redman and he's like a, like a better version of them at the same points in their career. So you're like, okay, yeah, please, please give me that. So, can't, yeah. can't go wrong with more tight, more good tight ends. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think most, most, most plays, most snaps, you'll see at least a tight end on the field, and sometimes you know twelve personnel with two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting because there's a decent amount of 
young guys who have minimal experience but not no experience mm. except for Redmond. So. All right. Well, long talk on the offense. Let's uh Yeah, sorry, I did not mean to go no, that. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. About, like every single player. The more information we have the better. Mm-hmm. So let's uh let's skip over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about the front seven. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you guys last season, I believe uh defensively gave up 19.4 points per game. Fifth, that's best for 15th in the country. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think I uh, gave up what is it? Uh, you averaged one touchdown per game passing allowed and 1.2 touchdowns uh, rushing allowed. Um, pretty stellar, right? Um, but the the only thing is the turnover numbers weren't as strong. Um, just uh, run me through the front seven. Um, what are you expecting from that group moving on into 2020 um, and just like the other groups? The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Um, yeah, I like that you mentioned that, that we weren't terrible last year. Because last year, the defense, if, as a Husky fan, what we've grown used to, last year felt like the defense was not, it wasn't a failure or anything, but it just felt so much worse than we were used to. <laughs> like Just so not up much to par. Worse. Yeah, and um, I think... Uh, not only most of it, but not almost all of that really felt like it came down to the inside linebackers. Um, I, can't, I can't say all, but but um, the yeah, the inside linebackers last year were pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> at least when you're looking at the starters of Brandon Wellington and Kyler Manu. Um, and I hate saying that about college kids because, yeah. you know, but um, they just, you know, they, they really were 
clearly a step below the rest of the units. Um, so if we're looking at the front seven this year, though, um, the inside linebackers are obviously they're still very young now that those two graduated. Um, but what we saw last year with the um, with the red at the time redshirt freshmen now redshirt sophomores, uh, especially Eddie Lafoscio was that there's like definitely something to work with. Um, I, and I think Ulafoscio, for what it's worth, is clearly going to be one of the starters there. Um, he's much quicker, much better instincts um, than than what we had for much of last year. And as the year went on, he played a lot more. Um, and then the wild cards on the right, I think probably Jackson Sermon will probably end up the, yeah, Peter Sermon's son, will probably start the season uh, as the starter over there. He he he's definitely more of a thumper. Um, not necessarily if you want, he's not complete as a player yet. I mean, uh, at least he wasn't last year. Um, I, I think as far as, especially in, in, in um, on, in passing, yeah. <laughs> like what are words in the, in the passing game? I think he, he had work to do, but he was still an improvement over Kyler Manu and, and Brandon Wellington. Um, and then um, MJ Tafisi as well is, is definitely like thump city. Uh, he's, yeah, you know, going to hit hard. Um, and I think the, the redshirt freshmen this year are kind of the, the, the other wild card, but also talent upgrade. If 28, the 2018 class recruiting class inside linebacker, it was an upgrade over what we had before. Um, then the 2019 is an upgrade over them there. Uh, I think who we're most likely to see from that is probably Daniel Haimuli who I wouldn't be surprised if if Sermon looks like what he did last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see Haimuli overtake him as a starter, but they rotate a lot in those positions anyway. Haimuli's just, he's not, I think situationally, it would make sense more to have Sermon in if, you know, it's, uh, you know, going to be a, I don't know, half, half back dive or some run up the gut. Like you want to have him versus Haimuli, but I think Haimuli, he doesn't hit as hard necessarily from what we've seen. Um, but he's, I think, quicker on his feet and probably has um, – I, my gut would be that he'll probably have better instincts as far as in, in the passing game. Uh, and then there's there's obviously other guys, but I'm not going to go into every single one <laughs> like yeah, I did. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, I guess the other redshirt freshman that you're most likely to see alongside them is probably Alfonso Tuputala, um, also a in-state guy. Um, but then with the defensive line – um, and the outside linebackers, obviously we lost, um, those were our two opt-outs from this year who were going to the NFL, which is Levi Onzerike, who was kind of a three technique, uh, defensive lineman and Joe Tryon, who was a physical freak, uh, outside linebacker. He's like six, five two sixty, and was, yeah, he was, he gifted there, by the yeah. football gods. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so losing them obviously hurts. Um, but it's not like if we had lost Levi last year or I mean, he wouldn't have been eligible the year before, but whatever, then that would have left the whole defensive line in a very sketchy situation. Uh, as it is, it doesn't, um, the rotation of, of guys we have, there's pretty, it's a lot to work with. Um, it's as young as the defensive or as the inside linebackers, but they had, I, I would argue, more experience in general. Um, 
to bring in. Uh, so you have Josiah Bronson is like the old guy there, but uh, as far as he, he is, has a limited ceiling, I think as an athlete, um, like good to have around for his, his leadership and, and so that, you know, there's a certain floor there, but he's not going to win you a championship. Um, what will is the guys behind them, uh, Thule and Taki, who the defensive staff um, lovingly refer to as the twins. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, they played a lot. They're redshirt sophomores this year. They played a lot last year. Um, they're kind of a uh, – Thule is kind of more of a – I mean, they're both, like, could easily both be big two-gap guys, like, mm-hmm. both in the one and zero technique up in the middle. Um, they're built like cannonballs. Um, and yeah yeah, and uh they're 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 all they're built differently than levi though they're not they're they they'll they'll be able to play of course where he played definitely um but their their natural position is much further on the interior of the line versus levi who's the middle of the line or middle in 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 between the interior and the outside linebackers kind of it um even though he was used on the interior a lot simply out of necessity um but so those guys are really exciting. I think those two and Josiah Bronson are going to be the ones you guys definitely see the most. Um, but then we also, the 2019 class was, there's four defensive linemen that were taken in it who are all really exciting. Um, one of them has retired from football. He was the most, that was Sama Palma, who was the most exciting potential, but also the lowest floor. He was just mm-hmm. a massive, massive man. <laughs> and, uh, but, but the two that were the most exciting were Ban- Jacob Bandez and Fatui Tuiteli. And you shake my head every time I hear the word Jacob Bandez. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, he was right, right there. Right there. I'm so excited for him. He is such an exciting prospect. I, I think Tuiteli was rated slightly higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also, they have slightly different skill sets. I think Fat, uh, Tuiteli can pl- maybe ha- has a little bit more versatility on where you can play on the line. Um, Bandas is more of just a yeah, giant wrecking ball, but I remember watching him and looking at how violent his hands were. You know, oftentimes with guys that are the, that strong and that just built, you don't really see that refinement at that age. Yeah. Um, but so I think you'll see a decent amount of those two as well. Um, but I think it's the first three that you'll that you'll get. But they they Coach Pete rotates those guys or Coach Pete. This whole staff, he's not there anymore, but this whole staff have rotates it, those it. guys a lot. Um, and then the outside linebackers, obviously losing Tryon Hurts. Um, there isn't as much depth there as uh, as probably in the secondary or the defensive interior. Mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely it, – it's led by another Northern California guy, at, um, Jesuit, um, uh, Laatu Latu, yep. who – honestly at this point in his career is if you compare him and Joe Tryon at the same point in their career, he's much farther along um, easily, which makes sense. He was much higher, higher, he had a much higher floor coming out of high school. Joe Tryon was kind of a, uh, a project um, who you looked at him and you were like, Holy shit, you're going to be good. But like in a while, um, uh, but yeah, a lot too. I mean, he m- made a lot of plays last year as a true freshman. He's the guy I suppose right now. Um, and then also Ryan Bowman across from him, who was a, who was a walk on in 2016. Um, but has been a fixture since his redshirt freshman year. And he's Bowman's kind of the kind of guy where he's not like, you're not going to win championships if your team is only guys is only Ryan Bowman's, 
But unless you're Alabama, you're not going to win championships if you don't have some Ryan Bowman's on your team, kind of. Um, he, yeah, he's kind of a, he, he's, and he's such an interesting player because he doesn't look at all like his position. He's six feet tall, <laughs> maybe. He's 280 pounds. Um, but he, he just kind of shows up and, uh, and is also, you know, definitely a, a, one of the leaders of that, of that part of the side of the ball um, as a graduate senior. Um, and then Zion, Zion, uh, to to <laughs> ZGF, yep. to Boila Patui, uh, kind of came on at the end of last year. He was a redshirt freshman last year. Um, but I don't, I think the first two you're going to see the most of, and then the five-star, um, yes. Savelle Smalls, Oof. who, um, yeah, that'll be fun. He's, he's, you know, I, I always try to temper my expectations about, uh, you know, highly rated recruits because there's still a massive adjustment. Um, just because they were five stars doesn't mean they're going to dominate from day one, but I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him do something. Um, and, and the reports, what the coaches have said about him coming out of fall camp is that he has, you know, he's not necessarily consistent yet, but he's, he's, they've, they've spoken very highly of him for sure. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah. he's you, you. You can look at his high school tape, and you're just like, okay, that guy didn't deserve to play at that level. He already needed to. <laughs> yeah, stop. Athletically, it. yeah, yeah. Stop doing that. Stop breaking <laughs> yeah. kids' hearts and dreams of mm-hmm. making it to the next level. Yeah. You're already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely and I definitely think when you look at all those all that personnel together, the final result we'll see this mm-hmm. year for UW is last year you kind of saw where um, in the running game it was either someone's going to get stopped at the line of scrimmage or behind it, or they're going to break out a yard for like, or a run for like eight yards because mm-hmm. it was all on the defensive linemen and the linebackers just didn't have the right instincts and they were too slow. And, you know, um, but I think this year there's much more of a, of a scenario where the defensive interior can kind of do their job and just plug up what they need to plug up and then trust the inside linebackers to kind of come clean, clean stuff up. So I think it won't be kind of an, as much of an all or nothing scenario as last year. Um, I mean, the inside linebackers are still young. So I, I could see Cal definitely having a, a couple good, you know, five, six, seven, eight yard runs. But I don't think it's going to dominate like in the past, in not in the past, but last year there was some sequences against other teams where you're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's doing their job except for you two in the middle. Uh, uh yeah so anyway <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh let's talk about the back end then let's talk mm-hmm. about the defensive backs i mean i think uh i know i some of my u-dub friends uh were just curious about elijah molden and whether he would come back to mm-hmm. to play this year and i i guess he is because he's listed on the roster mm-hmm. um yeah. so to have your leading tackler back i'm looking at the stats here uh who led the team with interceptions and total tackles had five tackles for a loss last year and 12 uh, passes defended, uh, which is and three forced fumbles. So yeah. the dude is an absolute monster um, on the back end. But I mean, he I feel like he's the main star and is going to be how the secondary plays, how he goes. The secondary is going to go is my outlook on that defensive back uh, scene. Correct. Or am I totally off base? No, I think I think that's um, true to an extent. Yeah. Um, I also think the fact that I didn't realize he was leading the team in tackles last year. Yeah. Um, I think that really 
nails home just how unreliable the inside linebackers yeah. were when you have your nickelback leading and then you're like okay that's not that's yep. not happen um yeah no him coming back was great and also i give hithliday um who you guys yeah. just talked to at oregon i give him shit about he i think he was salty that elijah molden who's from uh, lake oswego in oregon i think he's salty that Molden picked Washington over Oregon because I remember talking to them last year before the Oregon game and Hithliday like over and over being like Elijah Molden sucks he's he's just not good (laughs) and I'm like okay you need to like I understand that you he's such a reliable analyst in ways that so many people aren't but I'm like okay you are clearly wrong (laughs) (laughs) but he says stuff with such conviction that I I'm like I I don't know what you're saying, but I feel like I can't contradict you right now because what am I going to say? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that is, but uh, yeah. So I think anyways, yeah, Molden's definitely the star. If there is one of the secondary, just as far as being the leader. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So you had Trent McDuffie. I think the thing, if you need to know one thing about the secondary, it's that, it's kind of a scenario where you're like, oh, but we want him on the field. Oh no, we want him on the field too. We want. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, there's just a lot of people there that are really good at what they do. Um, it, so Molden is kind of the pillar of that. Uh, Trent McDuffie was a true freshman last year from St. John Bosco, and he kind of he took over. Kyler Gordon was the starting cornerback at the beginning of the year, and then McDuffie, uh, I think four or five games in, kind of took it from him. Uh, and is really good. <laughs> um, he's he's it's it was nice because for the beginning of that year, including the cow game, because you and that final drive, Garber's kind of picked on Gordon a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that the first few games, that's something that as a UW fan, you're not accustomed to. Your second, you're not accustomed to your secondary just not being locked down kind of yeah. most of the time, even if it is a you know bend don't break defense, but a lockdown bend don't break defense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and so having Trent McDuffie come in kind of restored balance. Um, and then on the other side, Keith Taylor, who is a, wait a minute. Yeah. He's a senior now. I forgot if he redshirted for a year, but he didn't because they didn't have the, yep. He is listed as a senior. Yeah. He didn't, he played, uh, like three games in his freshman year or whatever. So if he was a year younger, he would be a redshirt sophomore or something. But, um, but, uh, he, yeah, he, he's, He's someone who's interesting because Elijah Molden has gotten a lot of talk about oh, where, you know, where he'll be the next Jimmy Lake high draft pick for the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Elijah Molden's ceiling as far as where he's drafted is lower than Keith Taylor is kind of that prototypical really long corner. Um, and he's like six, three, he's really lanky though. You see him and you're like, your arms are the size of I nine or the length of like I 90. Um, and, and he's just not as consistent as Elijah Molden, mm-hmm. but he, when he, I mean, he's not inconsistent. He's still a really good corner. He's, um, just not like, didn't come in and immediately shut stuff down. Like, like, um, for example, McDuffie did. Uh, and then, and then you have Kyler Gordon, who was rotating in still a lot after McDuffie took his spot, um, and he should play a lot. He'll also probably be used in the return game as well because he's he's an absolute freak of an athlete. I think one of the athlete, the guys at the Athletic, I think it's Bruce Feldman or maybe Stuart Mandel, has their list of like college college freaks, and Gordon's been on there for two years in a row. He's like 
he has something that's like a 40, not 46 feet, a 46 inch vertical. Like he's 46 he's, feet vertical. Yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. No. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a really crazy athlete. Um, and then the um, two true sophomores at safety who are Cam Williams and Asa Turner um, and Cam started the year. Uh, and then, but he, he's had, he had some issues. He had some blown plays and versus Asa didn't start playing that much until later on in the year last year, but he kind of came once he started, he was like, he was with it a little bit faster. Um, But that being said, you know, Williams is still quite, you know, he's still improving a lot. And, um, and then interestingly, I think Julius Irvin is kind of a wild card there too. Um, Although he's, um, he's, he's only at 185 though. I think he used to be a little bit heavier, so I wouldn't be shocked to see him playing at corner either. And, and Jimmy like likes to have versatile uh, defensive backs. So, um, you know, and then there's, there's a bunch of other guys who I wouldn't be surprised to see in almost any of them <laughs> in that <laughs> position. I really wouldn't. There's just a lot of guys. And I, I don't want to go through each one of them name by name right now because <laughs> we'll go way too long. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be the same defensive philosophy philosophy there as it has been for the full time. I mean, you have Kwiatkowski is the DC again, and he, before Jimmy Lake, you know, they were co-DCs, and then before then he was just the sole DC, and Lake was the defensive backs coach. And um, frankly, I think Kwiatkowski calls a better game than, than Jimmy Lake did, even though they're very similar. It's not that different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of the same limiting explosive plays and hopefully not sucking at the inside linebackers against the run. Hopefully those guys take that step forward is all fan bases before first Mm -hmm. kickoff, right? Yep. yep. This is, this is the year before first kickoff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's a good enough conversation about the, the defense. Let's, uh, let's, you know, let's, I don't want to disclude the special teams or the kickers because kickers are people too. Um, so let's, let's, uh, take a little pit stop with the kickers (laughs) here. Uh, do you guys have a place kicker controversy or, uh, battle there or is it do you have a solidified guy not really um yeah there's so you have peyton henry we kind of have two, we have two guys who have two different jobs tim horn is the kickoff guy he did i think he took all of them as a true freshman last year he's he is bigger and he kicks i think he had like three kicks that weren't touchbacks i don't i don't remember exactly but he's like built like a linebacker he he i, I yeah i think the most popular tweet i ever had was I took a, a screenshot of like a photo of the, all the true freshmen last year, their little get, I don't know, banquet or whatever. Yeah. Called. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you could just see his delts through the shirt and it was like, you're a kicker. You're supposed to be a little. Yeah. So I think I took a picture of that circled it and said like, come to Washington where I'll ki- our kickers will beat up your linemen or something. <laughs> and I've never made anything of my own volition. That's been more popular than that. So that that's depressing, but yeah, but he'll he's just jacked. It's funny, um, and then for the actual extra points and and field goals and all that, we have Peyton Henry, who's a redshirt junior. Um, he last year, ironically, there was everyone was freaking out about um, news about a kicking competition because as a redshirt freshman the year before, Peyton Henry had been really uh, spotty and. Just and and he um, missed the field goal that would have beat Oregon for the for the um, 
for that game. And so, yeah, yeah that was a whole, but then, you know, next year he came back and totally took it, like seized that mm-hmm. job and uh, was really, really solid. And um, I think that's really impressive for a kicker to do because it's so mental that being able to improve, like being able to get stronger and get more accurate or whatever, read a defense better if you're a quarterback or something, like that's all palpable stuff that you can do, whatever. But being a kicker and getting better is such a, like, I can't even imagine the mental ability that takes. Of just, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't have any reason to expect anything else from him this year, but, but that was a, I, I don't think I've ever seen a jump for a kicker like that. Um, I can't imagine doing it. So. Yeah. I tried kicking at Memorial stadium from the, from the goal line once. And okay. I don't think I reached the crossbar. So. Yeah. I, it's so hard. I played, um, I played rugby for a, a little bit and I can, I think now I can drop kick a field goal from like maybe 20 yards, but it's really pushing it. And half the time it'll just go, <laughs> but it's, that's drop kicking. It's harder. Yeah, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You legit have to get on the field. Like you, you, then you realize that the length, so like hard. the angles, it's, it's ridiculously far. Yeah. And we're yeah, like, and you, you should be able to hit anything within 30 yards. Yeah. You're like, you don't realize how far that thing is. It's so it's, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. I think when I was, yeah, when I was like, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I think the farthest I would ever have been able to kick it. And I guess you don't have the, like, you probably lose five yards with drop kicking versus being able to run and kick. Right. It'd probably be like, but still, maybe 25. And that's really pushing it. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, God bless Peyton Henry. God, God among men. Yes. Uh, former Cal kicker David Seawright is listening. David, you are a person and a human being. I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs> yes. You can, you can add him on Instagram at Costco Grill Dad. Awesome, <gasps> awesome stuff there. Oh, that's a fun name. Yes, all he's a actually he's a grill influencer is what we call him. That's he like gets sponsored by you know grill uh, companies and spices and dry rubs. Like it's he's 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 doing good stuff. Man, highly that, recommend it. That's the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. Um, I guess uh, that's enough talk about the team. Let's uh, let's talk about the schedule. Um, Talk about your projections for the upcoming season. Let me just run you through your schedule here. <laughs> yeah, November 7th, uh, the Huskies start off here in Memorial Stadium against mm-hmm. the Cal Golden Bears. 14th, you guys uh, host Oregon State. The 21st, host Arizona. And then the 27th, you travel to Pullman to place Washington State. December 5th, you host Stanford. And December 12th, you finish off the season at Oregon. Yeah. Um <laughs> The, this is a, this is such an interesting season because the defense will it's I mean this is how it is every year for the most part um, although last year was kind of the the one closest to being an exception um, mm-hmm. is that the defense can and presumably will be able to keep them in any game um, I think this is so bizarre looking at the schedule right now it's six games for sure and then there's the seventh one that we don't know who it is. Yeah. Um, I, A, I'm so scared of you guys because the last two years, like, <laughs> Cal won two games that, eh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to say anything um, because you guys deserve to win those games, even more so to an extent we deserve to lose those games, <laughs> um, that 
Evan Weaver uh, terrorizes me personally. Um, and last year was so bizarre. And just, yeah, that <laughs> like the circumstances. I don't, think any, I don't think anyone. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so I don't want to make a prediction on that because I, I am more uncomfortable doing that than I am doing anything in the world. Um, yeah. Well, the, think, funniest, yeah. the funniest stat that Avi actually pulled up that I didn't even realize until he told me this is that Chase Garbers now has recorded two wins against Washington without throwing a touchdown pass. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> sums it up, I think. <laughs> okay. That really does. All right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think uh, the team here that I'm most confident about is Arizona because I have zero respect for Kevin Sublin as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I, I think Stanford, I, I have an interesting prediction that I think if it all depends on the other teams in the PAC 12 North, I think if Oregon, Washington play to closer to their ceiling than their floor, mm-hmm. Wazoo I'll throw out as a wild card. Who knows? Um, cause they have a higher ceiling with Rolovich, but they have a lower floor with Rolovich. Um, in Oregon State, I think if Oregon and Washington play to their potential, I think Stanford could be fifth in the North. And I'm not saying that to pander to you guys. I genuinely think that. I also wouldn't even be shocked if they're last. And I really, I I cannot emphasize enough. I also could see them being like second because it really all just depends on how everyone else plays. Um, I feel the way about Oregon State that you guys, that I felt about Cal like three years ago. Where I'm like, I don't, I don't, you're not going to win the North, but you're not going to just roll over. And I think they could outplay people. Um, So I think I, I, I could see, I think if you're just taking the aggregate, I don't want to look at each game by itself. I would say like five and two probably Mm -hmm. for UW. Um, And it really just comes down to if the quarterbacks can not suck. (laughs) <laughs> and the, um, I mean they're replacing three offensive linemen but like I said they're they're not like people who have had no game experience um but you know that's still that's still a big deal so um it comes down to those two things um I want to see Tim Horn lay someone out on a kick return though we could, we could lose every game I'd be happy if that happened <laughs> I think that's the that's the hope. Uh, who was I talking to? Uh, I think I was talking to was I talking to the Oregon guys? I was talking to someone, and they were talking about how they had an Australian punter. So, so mm. do we. We have a we have an he Australian did. punter, like yeah, who played professional Australian mm-hmm. rules football, which is um, different than rugby. I hate it, it when is. people call it rugby punter. It is. Punting. It is different. It is different. Yeah, not the you same. You got to be able to distinguish it. Distinguish it. It's not the same. Um, thing God damn yeah. it! Stop calling me people. <laughs> All right. I think we're okay. Oh, we're still waiting. Oh, we three more rings. You can keep this, this in. You can edit it out. I think at this point, care. I'm going to just keep this in. You should keep this in. At this point. If he cuts, why not? Yeah, if he, cu- if he cut out the earlier stuff, someone called me earlier. Yeah. Yes, I have a landline because I live in the forest and I don't have cell service. Don't and there it is. It's gone. There we go. It's gone. And it's gone. Scene. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> oh, Australian punters. Yes. What were you uh, I mean, we were just talking about how uh, we wanted we wanted all of our Australian punters to just like lay one out after they put, after mm-hmm. they punt the ball. And yeah. it's, it's possible. We can all see it. All see yeah. it happen. Well, that's, um, 
yeah, that's my my main tenet. I've mentioned I've been very vocal about this both on Twitter and in my like UW in my writing. Uh-huh. Um, I think it should be illegal for Americans to punt. <laughs> we lost our we are we lost our Aussie punter to graduation yeah. last this year, and I remember writing a thing where I was like, "I'm sorry to all of our punters, all two of them. <laughs> on our, I don't care. I don't care how good you are. Just you're not allowed. Stop." And I then think so, the yeah. yeah, I I mean this. I think that you'll like the stories. We had a we had a rugby player on our roster who walked onto the Cal team as a punter, and he's mm-hmm. from England. His yeah, name was. Yeah, and his name was Harry. And I remember at a just looking at a practice, they were punting, they were uh, doing punt returns, and he kicked off. And one guy from the sideline, I, I don't mm-hmm. remember, I still to this day do not know which player said this, but he just yells out for Queen and Country Harry <laughs> as he punts. Yeah, arguably the greatest moment I've ever witnessed at a Cal football um, practice. Yeah, because you guys are the only ones with the varsity rugby. I um, mm-hmm. I full disclosure. So I grew up in Washington and grew up a Washington fan. You know, my parents went there and my grandparents went there. Blah blah blah. But I actually went to UBC up north, and so uh-huh. so you guys were the only. I mean, UBC's main rivals in rugby were Cal and UVic, um, and I never witnessed us lose to Cal. But I heard tales of it. <laughs> but it's nice to I like I love I will always kind of love that that Cal has has that. Even if you guys are my enemies, both in football crew for UW and then mm. and then uh for rugby for for um British Columbia. <laughs> so yeah. that's why that we were hoping we were to to bring in Latu because he I know he wanted to play rugby and you know mm-hmm. we have a pretty good rugby team. So yeah. Sad, sad face tears. Womp, womp pain i would cry uh, for you but I'm not yeah <laughs> no need to no need to uh before we wrap up there's one question i've been asking all the guys that i've been interviewing it's 2020 the year of craziness uncertainty whatever it may be um granted i kind of feel like we we foresaw this coming with the washington cal game last year with the yeah. thunderstorms and the yeah, uh, the insanity which occurred and which a game did not end until after midnight. But um, <laughs> yes, uh, talk about 2020. I'm asking everyone to make just one outlandish, crazy prediction you think is going to happen in the Pac-12 North because, hey, or in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. because, hey, 2020. Let's go with, and it, is it like outlandish, but with a chance of becoming true? Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. it is 2020, so it is technically That's in the realm of possibility. This is very fair. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon State finishes third. The exact same call that the Oregon guys made. So, really? Wow. That's it. Well, then it okay. can't be that outlandish, then. <laughs> I think I actually, I think I talked to Adam about that last time when we did the, when I was on their podcast most recently. I think we both agreed. Yeah. We were like, yeah, Oregon State isn't going to totally suck this year. Yeah. 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 Um, and I just talked to the Oregon State guy too. They they have some they have decent hopes, not high hopes, but cautiously optimistic. That's so, more maybe. fun anyway. Cautious optimism when you've been shitty for so long. Yeah. Of just like not being bad. I would know I'm a Mariners fan. <laughs> oh, I am I am I am so sorry. I'm an Angels fan, so I kind of agree, but not really. Same. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> But I, I understand it to a, I maybe understand like ten percent of that. Yeah, there we go. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Uh, for all of the Cal fans listening, um, if they want to find out about the Huskies, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about UW? 
Yeah. Um, so our site, our SB Nation site is UW Dog Pound. That is spelled D-A-W-G. Mm-hmm. Because just because Georgia thinks that they own that word doesn't mean that it hasn't been the way we've spelled it since, I don't know, for since before I was born. Um, <laughs> and then I am on Twitter at Gaby, not Gabby, which is G-A-B-E-Y, not G-A-B-B-Y. Uh, I created that long before <laughs> Rob accidentally said Gabby. Um, it is but, my fault. Know, we're cool here. Yeah. Um, I have Instagram too, but I never post on it. To Gaby, it's cold outside. <laughs> I'm, it's not interesting. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good name though. That is a very good name. Yeah. I think my most recent post was from like August. It was me and since we're barred from the Canadian, from going into Canada, but all my friends live in Canada. So we, I drove up to the border and had a picnic with, I think that was the most recent photo I have. So if you want to see like one photo of my really boring life every four months, you can follow me there. You don't have to. I don't care. It's not my Twitter. I mean, Twitter sucks, but it's more, my Twitter is more interesting than my Instagram. Uh, my pin tweet is a haiku about leaf blowers. That's amazing. That's a pitch. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's a great sales pitch. Yeah. Um, and thank you. No, no better way to end it on that note about a haiku. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it for us uh, on the Golden Bearcast for this episode. You can find us uh, on all of your podcast platforms. And if you're listening to this, then you already found us. So I don't need to spell it out for you. You can find all our written stuff at rightforcalifornia.com where we have a lot of things planned for the upcoming season. The game week, if you're listening to this, uh, this weekend is only a week away. So we're getting ready for it, folks. It's uh, starting to... Yes, as she throws up the, <laughs> <laughs> the signs. Um we're getting ready here to go. Um, and that's it for me. And as always, go Bears. Oh, I was about to say go Bears. No, don't do that. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.